This is All India Radio. In the program spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on prospects in Indian economy and growth. The participants are A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst and Sonu Sood, AIR correspondent. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman said recently that the Indian economy may contract or stagnate this system, but it will bounce back to be among the fastest growing in the world next year. This will obviously require a steady improvement in the country's GDP, which was at minus 23.9% in the April-June quarter this year. Professor Bhattacharya, how far do you feel the latest economic data available for the month of October endorses this expectation? The latest indicators coming from variety of sources like the GST collections, the sales of cars, even commercial vehicles, the number of e-way bills that have been generated, coal production, power generation, even the Google's mobility index. There are signs of hope and these are indications are available to us for the second consecutive month in the sense that they were first available to us in August and again now in September data and then again in October data. It's actually the three consecutive months that you see there are signs of hope that the economy is picking up and there is now hope that probably full year's contraction will be less than the earlier projected contraction of 9.5%. I would say that the pace of economy will continue to expand. Whether they, the expansion in the remaining months of the year is good enough to make good the contraction that you have seen in the past few months is something that time will tell. But there is clear evidence that there are signs of recovery. That recovery may not be declared as sustained recovery because you still do not know when the vaccine will come. We still do not know whether the disease will come back with a vengeance or not. So one has to have that caveat in mind. But the data for September and October certainly gives you hope that economy is seeing rate of expansion that was higher than what we witnessed in September and October of 2019. Recently, in an interview, that the big push to investment and infrastructure should become the driving force for recovery and growth. The Prime Minister has a roundtable with global investors. The FN has also said that uh, the budget's focus will be infrastructure. Can you tell us how investment and infrastructure has a multiplier effect on the economy? Infrastructure is not just necessary because it is a major instrument for expediting and improving growth as well as increasing the ease of doing business because with good infrastructure, investments become more attractive. But the other part of investment in infrastructure, it has its own multiplier effect on both demand and supplies because with infrastructure investment, what you see is, is you do create jobs and jobs at various levels and mostly infrastructure jobs that you see, particularly in the case of roads and bridges and ports and airports, you see an increase in jobs at the construction level and there the jobs are taken up by people across the country and that jobs growth become more inclusive. So therefore infrastructure has very beneficial impact not just on the ease of doing business but also on the country's economic growth both in terms of demand as well as in terms of supplies.
The government has already announced the infrastructure pipeline of around 103 lakh crore, but the resources are a matter of constraint because the government's budget is already stretched. So, which is why I understand that the government is looking at resources from abroad, and which is also the reason why the Prime Minister is holding meetings with international investors and trying to invite them and attract them to the Indian market, particularly for the infrastructure sector, where there is demand gap in a sense that there is need for creating more infrastructure and investments can easily come in and meet that demand gap. In April to August uh, 2020 period, highest ever FDI of 35.73 billion dollars has come to our country, which is 13% more than last year. So you feel that India is uh, seen as an attractive investment destination uh, by the world? There are very few countries in the world which uh, have such a huge demand for infrastructure creation because the infrastructure deficit in our country is huge. But the FDI increase that we saw in April to August period was actually concentrated in the months of, of July and August. If you see the April to June FDI, actually FDI fell by 60%. So what you saw in July and August was largely because of investments in existing companies of a few IT and tech and telecom companies which were changing hands in terms of the ownership in a sense that these were acquisition of shares of existing companies. Now they do have a positive impact on the overall investment climate but ideally a rise in FDI should lead to greenfield investments which creates more jobs. Now, to see a 13% rise in FDI at a time when globally investment flows are not taking place at the same rate is a good sign and should be welcome. But I think we should have to set our sights much higher and expect the FDI flows to come in, not necessarily in existing brownfield projects, but be channeled to new projects, new companies, so that the impact of such FDI flows is seen on a larger area and newer sectors. Okay, so Chat, giving stimulus to the economy and making India a global manufacturing hub, there seems to be a targeted approach of the government through the production-linked incentive PLI scheme for promoting manufacturing. Can you tell us something about this initiative? idea that was first implemented in the case of the electronic components and mobile manufacturing sector, wherein any fresh investment that comes in gets an incentive as a percentage of sales of around 4 to 6 percent. If somebody makes fresh investment from a certain year, the base year in his 2014-15 or 2018-19, and on that basis, whatever is the incremental production and sales, uh, the manufacturer gets an incentive of 6% or 4%. The government has provided adequate budget for it, around 45,000 crore of budget is allocated for the production-linked incentive scheme. And now the proposal is to extend the scheme to newer areas, new sectors. The idea is to encourage people to come and invest and take advantage of it. Also because there is, we have a import regime right now where the tariffs have been increased a little bit. So what happens is that there is a natural disincentive for imports. So if some company which is earlier was exporting their products to India and taking advantage of the Indian market, now that same company can probably think of relocating its manufacturing facility in India and sell those goods by producing them in India, thereby jobs will be created in this country 
and he will also get that production linked incentive scheme it is a scheme with a sunset clause which automatically gets over after a period of time so to the extent that production linked incentive scheme can attract more investment it's a good scheme it also does not attract the world trading organizations punitive measures of subsidies normally what happens if you provide subsidies then the world trading organization actually imposes it but in any case these productions are not meant for exports they are meant for domestic sales so this is an attempt to encourage more investment linked to the sales GST collections uh, in October they crossed 1 lakh crore first time after February and uh, as we just discussed manufacturing PMI is also at uh, 13 year high in October it's near 59 which indicates expansion in the economy so you feel that uh, the MSMEs uh, which were hit by the covid pandemic their production have revived to a great extent and how do you feel that the emergency line credit scheme is working because that has also been extended by another month so what do you feel about the support that the government is providing to these various small medium companies the gst numbers as you rightly pointed out show clear uptick in the sales of companies which are covered under gst and you talked about the october figure now the october figure pertains to the sales in september therefore what happens is that the growth in september was 4% and the growth in october 10% so what actually you are seeing is economic activity growing roots and the msme sector does certainly benefits from this uptick in economic activity the important thing would be that these are also the months where the festival buying takes place what happens after the festival buying is over is something that one has to watch very closely and october november figures they will be coming in two months from now that will probably give us a clear sense that whether gst collection increase is actually an indicator of a sustained rise in economic activities so what do you feel that our banking sector's strength and liquidity are they adequate to support credit growth in retail and corporate segments i don't think the indian economy is suffering from any liquidity issues right now on the contrary there is a lot of liquidity in the economy banks are flush with funds they are actually parking their money in the rbi's reverse repo window so what is happening is the sharp difference between the repo rate of 4% and the government gsec rate of over 6% now this difference is actually the biggest impediment in transmission of the low interest rate regime to the economy now as long as we do not attack this transmission rate problem my sense is the liquidity that is existing in the economy will not be channeled to productive activities in the sector so therefore for that to happen i think we have to wait for an increase in capacity utilization levels in the economy once that happens there will be a natural demand for more money more resources and therefore the demand for credit will pick up so one has to wait and see what happens after the surge in demand for variety of of products and services that whether this leads to more demand for money and if that happens i would say we would have reached closer to a point of a virtuous cycle in the economy where there is more demand there is more production there is more availability of credit which is used for productive sectors of the economy Bhattacharya, UPI transactions crossed 2 billion in October, posting nearly two-fold growth in monthly volumes in less than a year. Ironically, COVID-19 has given a boost 
to digital India. This is uh, one of the positive consequences, I would say, of uh, the pandemic. People are obviously a little wary of using cash and not going for physical transactions where cash is exchanging hands. So people are using UPI and other interfaces for making transactions. In a sense that a move towards greater usage of UPI is a good sign because the economy's transactions, they get covered and they get captured for measurement purposes as well as for taxation purposes. I must point out here is that while the GST collections have grown by 10% in October and 4% in September, you must also note that the e-way bills have also seen a huge increase in their reporting. In the month of October, almost 6.41 crore of e-way bills are generated, which means that so many transactions were covered and an additional scheme of e-invoicing, which right now covers only companies above 500 crore. Now, they have also done transactions of e-invoices of over 4 lakh. Now, once the e-invoices and e-way bills actually are uh, expanding and uh, covering more transactions, you will see that the coverage of the GST and its uh, revenue buoyancy will also see a positive impact. The finance minister said the upcoming budget's focus will be infrastructure and reforms. What will be your wish list for reforms so that revival of growth gets a boost some of the initiatives that were introduced in the areas of agriculture and labor, they need to be implemented very, very judiciously because it is good to announce reforms, but it is equally important to implement them as judiciously so that outcomes of those reforms are on the desired lines. So coming to the budget, I think infrastructure is an important focus area. And the reforms, of course, there is long agenda which is available before the government. There is a fiscal consolidation area. The Fiscal Responsibility Budget Management Act probably will have to be fine-tuned in view of the COVID-19 situation. There are also reforms that need to be done in product pricing. There are reforms to be done in the manner in which the infrastructure projects are implemented through different methods of private-public partnerships. So I think the agenda is long and it is very encouraging to see that the government is focused on both infrastructure and reforms. Thank you so much, Bhattacharya, for this. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on prospects in Indian economy and growth. The participants were A.K. Bhattacharya, economic analyst, and Sonu Sood, AIR correspondent. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. You can listen to it on a mobile app, News on AIR. This program is also available on the website newsonair.com. You may email opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.